everybody. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. Chuck, how you doing, mate? I'm always good hanging with you. I say that a lot because I mean it. Oh, look, feel the love. You feel know? the love. Yeah. And <laughs> by the way, um, people may have noticed we've got a new table. We do. This is this is a great setup, thanks to you. Yeah, this is this was in our house for, for years. This is like the um actually I've got a Tate and his mate word. And I'm going to throw it out now, and I think you're going to get it. But this is like the guitar plectrum table. Do you know what plectrum means? I'm going to say pick. Yeah. Really? The English yeah. word for, for, for a guitar a, pick, pick plectrum. is plectrum. All right. If you wouldn't have said guitar, I might not have. Yeah. Known. But it's, yeah, it looks like a looks like a big guitar pick. Yeah, plecky. But it's cool. Yeah. And, you know, and when, it was fun getting it up your stairs and into the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we got it we got we, it we, we got it I, yeah yeah I, yeah, I was, yeah it's i love it so it, it let us know what well. you think this, yeah let's know what you think we yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. I, I like the setup yeah hey so um the other thing as well uh we got this in here we uh cleaned it up a bit you, you're looking good. You're cleaning up a bit as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's right. I, I use the same polish we use on the table. I tell you what, there has been a bit of a life-changing uh, episode in my house the last few weeks, mate. I got to hear this. Oh, tell me about I it. I had to go to the doctors because... Oh, that rash. You told no. me about the... Oh, that, oh, I wasn't supposed to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I, thought, I thought you got that cleared up, man. I'll tell you what, man. You need some cream. It's called king cream. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. My, uh, no, no, no rash. No rash. You don't have a rash. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Um, so... My sleeping has been a bit of a big issue. Um, my wife was basically saying, you're like stopping breathing at night when I'm sleeping. I'm like, don't be silly. Yeah. So for a number of years, she's been saying, you need to go and get this sorted out. So I finally went. So you go, mate, I'm going to go into, I'm going to go into this because you'll, you'll feel my pain on this. Right. right. Well, well, my wife's been through it. So I know you're, oh. you, you had to do a sleep study at home. Oh, at home? Yeah. She had to stay at a place. Yeah, well, listen. Yeah, she's still there. No, is listen. What, no. This, this is where... <laughs> wow. <laughs> she's still there. Yeah. So, so, so you had to do this at home. So I go in a 20-minute consultation. Okay. Cost me $1,600. For, for 20 minutes? Yeah. For oh. them to tell me, yeah, you, you need did. to have a test. <laughs> I could have told you that. Oh, my goodness. So then they give me the test, which was another $250 that I did at my house, plugged up, right? That's crazy. The report goes to them, and they said, Andy, you are stopping breathing 28 times per hour. Wow. Which is which is uh, moderate to severe. So I now have this CPAP machine... Right, mate. Right. I hate it. I, you know, you what? Put it I hate nose. it too. You know why? Because every night, I clean it for my wife and I put water in it for her. I, I get it ready for her every night. Wait, you have to clean it. <laughs> That's why you got the red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate! It's because I don't like. 
<laughs> anything near my face when oh, I'm sleeping, man. and and it's you know this thing and like this. Oh, it's so you're not used to it now. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm I'm about four or five nights into it. But listen to this. So you can you can get data within 20 minutes on your phone of how you're doing, and I've gone down from that 28 episodes they call them to between five and seven. Great. So, so it does work. So it, it it does work. And my wife now, like whenever she goes on a trip or out of town or even when she would go to the hospital because when she was dealing with all her physical stuff, yeah, she had to take that with her everywhere she went. It comes in a little bag. Yeah, yeah. And um, she can't sleep without it now. Uh, see, I'm st- I'm not so there you're only, yet. Yeah, Everyone you're, keeps saying that, but I'm I'm not there yet. Yeah, you're, I'm so still you're, trying. You're not to liking it. Yeah. I mean, I've got to push through it, but it's just... Yeah. It's just claustrophobic for me, you know, right. and it's not one of those big masks. This is just the one that goes up the nostrils and over the head and you know what I mean? Yeah. And but it covers your whole nose, right? No, just... no, no, this, this oh, is just... one that it, oh. it comes underneath the nose oh, really? with things in up, uh, up the nose. Annette has to wear a helmet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she, it covers, it, it, it's like, yeah, this. see, I couldn't do that. Oh like, man. Oh, wow. no, I can't do that. Wow. Well, you know, it's been weird. I, um, it's been weird for me just sitting in your room reading to you every night so you get to go to sleep. Teresa's always like, can you get Chuck to leave, please? Oh, well, it's well, been... Uh, talk about, we're going to talk about sleeping in from the, sh- from the shadows. We're yeah, going to be talking about But we this. are going to... He's yeah. going to touch on medication stuff. Do you want to introduce yeah. our, our guest for today? Yes, this is a friend of mine. His name is... Dave Beringer, he's a pastor and an author, and I know I know you're going to love him. He's the author of a book called Mosaic Marriage and Launch Point, but he has a brand new book. It was literally released two days ago, and it's called Speaking from the Shadows, and it's all mm-hmm. about depression and anxiety, and this is good stuff. Yeah, so uh, why don't you take a seat, uh, grab a cup of coffee, cup of tea, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Dave. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of Revival Town Podcast. We're going to have a conversation today with Dave Beringer. He is a path, pastor, author, leader, fan of Detroit Lions and all things University of Michigan. Hashtag go blue. And Absolutely. his brand new book just released yesterday called Speaking from the Shadows. We're going to talk to him right now. Dave, welcome to Revival Town. Dude, thanks for having me. This is this is going to be a blast. I love doing this. Oh man! Well, listen, it's been a while since we've we've connected. Um, so our story, we met on social media, and when I released yep. Forty One Will Come, I did a book tour, and you graciously had me. Uh, I think I did um, a nine church tour, and one of those nine churches was was. Um, K first in Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. Michigan with you. We have a funny story about that in, in just a moment. But then um, this is not your first book. You have a book about marriage that is excellent. And um, one of the best books on marriage that I've ever read. And you were on a podcast that I used to host called 41 Strong. But yeah. today we're just honored to have you here 
on Revival Jam. We are so glad. I, these are the moments that I love being able to have conversations and, and talks with other ministers, other people, and just having uh, good kingdom conversations that just help uh, propel the, the kingdom of God forward in people's lives. So this is awesome. Yeah, well, we uh, really want to highlight, you know, people or movements uh, throughout the globe that are making a difference. And obviously with what you're doing and with this new book and Chuck has mentioned to me as well about your previous book as well on marriage and we just wanted to get you on um but before that we were talking earlier about how uh, how did how did it come up about the police so well, was it found, was it when i found out you were from the uk yeah that, yeah that stirred up a memory it's not necessarily trauma but but, but quite the memory yeah because you were talking about the police as well right and, right, and, right and then you were like well the only time I've ever been in the back of a police car is in England. I was like, wait, what? We got to talk about that on the on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So David, well, I was talking about the police last last week. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. So 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 David, we got to hear the story. We've got to hear this story because I never made it in the back of a police car in England. So you were one up on me already. Tell us what happened. All right, I, I grew up in a single wide. Uh, um, just like Eminem, except he was 10 miles down the road from me, and I did not have the career that he has. But <laughs> So I, I've, I've grown up with a healthy fear of the police because they showed up a lot. I've run from them quite a bit. Uh, I didn't do anything, but when you're hanging out with people who are doing things, you just learn to run with them. Yeah. And so I've always had this thing with the police officers. I've never been arrested. Well, I go to England, and I'm taking a youth group there to do some ministry in Peterborough, England. Okay. And so we're doing street ministry and we were doing uh, some drama, some some skits out on the street. And one of them needed a a weapon just to mimic a shooting. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, this was my cold. goodness. <laughs> and I had like the, the gun was green. And so the night before, I thought this doesn't look real enough. So I spray painted it black. <laughs> and so wow. we are doing this skits. People are surrounding us and we're just getting good interaction. And I see this gentleman walking by all of our equipment and he's just got this earpiece and that's kind of hidden. So I walked over. Oh, no. Just looking around, I said, well, you're an authority. I recognize the earpiece. What's going on? He says, well, I hear there's been a gun that's been uh, waved around. And so I literally grabbed it out of the backpack and pointed at him. And he said, you mean this? He goes, no, 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 no. Put that back. And all of a sudden, special weapons oh, units came my. on in. Police cars just come on in. Oh, no. And I'm looking to deal with you. And so immediately I had to walk off with the police. And I hear this gasp from all of my students, followed by the sounds of their of their phones and their cameras going off because oh. there's Pastor Dave being carted off with the police. And I had to sit in back of a police car and I just got read the riot act about this or that post 9-11 yeah. oh. uh, years in jail for what I'm doing and uh, blah, 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 blah. But at the very end, but we know what you're trying to do. Um, and we don't want to stop what you're trying to do. Now, meanwhile, the people that have been giving us the biggest flack, we had about 100 to 150 just goth kids just ridiculing us. Just they hated what we were about because they wanted nothing to do with religion. But there's only one entity they hate more than the religious and its authority figures. And so when the cops came to arrest, they were screaming at the cops, cussing them out, saying they're trying to bring us hope. <laughs> they had your back, so man. They had my back. So by the time 
we get released, I get released out of the car and the cops all go away. We are now in conversations with these guys. And by the end of the week, 75 of them gave their hearts to Christ. Oh, come, come on. on now. That's good. That's wow. Good. Yeah. yeah wow. That was, so, now that's a totally revival town story right there. Yeah. Totally that's, worth it. Wow. Well, my, the fact that I got put in the back of a police car has nothing to do <laughs> with, nothing to do with um, evangelism. And everything to do with they thought I was hauling drugs, <laughs> and um, but yeah, they called in back up in a in a canine unit and they searched everything in my car and because you look like and that. I, I told them I was a pastor. They still did not believe me because you know I, I had the hair and and anyway, yeah, um, beautiful. They were convinced I was hauling drugs. Now, David, can you tell us something? Uh, there, there's something that happens. When we're around Mr. Tate, that things happen. (laughs) And a a little birdie told me earlier about something that happened at your church when Chuck was there promoting his book and something happened before before he went on stage. Chuck, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? And I just want to make sure David can verify that. That's what I'm trying (laughs) to get at. All right. Um, yeah, so my family went with me. We made the trip to Kalamazoo, and um, it was so great to, to, to meet him and, and see the church and see all that God is doing there in him and through him. I think we even met at a coffee shop, really cool coffee yeah. shop there in Kalamazoo. And um, so on Sunday morning, yeah, I get there. Uh, oh, I, not when I get there. I knew before I got there. I realized um, I forgot my belt. Oh my! And I thought it was going to be okay, so sure. I didn't even say anything. And we get to the church, and we're taking a tour of the building, and I'm realizing I'm having to hold my pants up. Like this is going to be a pro- <laughs> problem, especially if I'm you know if I'm going into story mode. You know, my, my, you know we don't need pants on the ground, pants on the <laughs> no, ground. <yeah. laughs> so, um, so anyway, yeah, I, I explained to you what was going on, and like, hey, I'm so sorry. I need a bell. Well, the the week before, we had Jared Wilson come and speak, and he forgot his socks. Then week after, <laughs> yeah. Chuck forgets his belt. And so the person, because we did like this series of all just special speakers for like like four or six weeks. The next week, I'm like, please, for the love of God, pack everything you need. <laughs> well, here's what happened. So one of his maintenance guys went into a, some type of closet and took some rope and cut some twine yeah. or a rope, right? And I yeah. tied my pants up. Oh, man. Nope. Dude, absolutely. I'll tell you yeah, guys. yeah. Just put a knot in it, pull the shirt over it, and you just never know. Oh, you never, man. You never know, man. So, Can't yeah. take so, you anyway. Seriously, I really, it was really grateful for the fact that you, you brought me out. I loved your church, love what you're doing, and it's been great to still follow you and see what God was doing. I saw that you had this book. I told Andy, man, uh, wow, wait, I got to get you on. And here you are today, right now. So Yeah. So good. And Absolutely. So before we dive into the book, let's let's get folks um, caught up to speed with who you are and how you mm-hmm. got to this point of leading the church. Oh, boy. How far back do you want me to go? Oh, you know, we go all afternoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was... Born and raised in a Christian home, um, and I'll technicality, I am a fourth generation Pentecostal preacher, which all that means is I've got more trauma than anybody else. I've got more <laughs> issues than anybody needs to know. Um, so, because sometimes people think, well, you grew up in a Christian home, you've got this set up, you've got that set up, but the reality is, is, is I had to come to the place that every single one of us had to come to, which is I can't have my parents' faith. I had to have my faith. 
And when I was when I was in first grade, my younger brother passed away suddenly. He was eight months old. And I didn't realize how much that traumatized my life and how angry at God I was for for years. It's just something that stuck in me. And so in my middle school years is really when my faith was just as fragile as can be. I knew how to play church. I was a pastor's kid. I know what to say, what to do, how to act how to respond. And yet deep down, I had, I was so angry with God. I was, you know, when I, when I talk to people about uh, our issues of pornography back in the eighties and even early nineties, it was just pre-internet, which I say, that's how it tells you how bad we were is I just had issues with pornography and addictions like that. There was just things that were just, it's, it was something I was trying to do to soothe what was going on inside of my soul. Not to mention, now looking back after uh, some years of just my own counseling as such, I was dealing with depression even as a teenager. And it was one day, it was, uh, boy, I was around 15 years old that I was just, I was in this, just in this angry, deep, dark moment. And I was cleaning out some closet. My parents said, you need to clean this out. And so I was, I happened to stumble upon a trunk that somehow got stuffed inside my my closet. And I opened up the trunk and there was the, my, my brother's baby book back in the, you know, seventies and eighties, parents would get these baby books of pictures and memories. And I picked his up. And when I picked it up out of it, slid this like notebook, this just generic notebook and on it had a price tag connected to the hospital where my brother passed. And what happened was my mom bought that in the gift shop and began to journal and write down her thoughts, her questions to God about why this was happening. Yeah. And right the words of my mom going through the darkest moment a parent could ever go through and yet kept having to hear, I kept reading, I still trust you, God. He's yours. We put him in your hands from the beginning. He belongs to you. He doesn't belong to us. And it was in that moment, I just had this encounter with Jesus and in his Jesus saying, your pain is, is can fit on my shoulders. You can give me the hatred. You can give me the anger. I can take it here. And I just remember just kneeling in my bedroom, just weeping and calling out to God and just God revolutionized my life that day. And I feel it just healing, just coming into my heart. Um, God, forgiveness to really the world around me. I just, I was just bitter about that moment, and I just clung to it since I was a child. My my parents will still tell you to this day. I have more memories, detailed memories, as a six year old than they do of that moment. It just hit me hard. And right at fifteen, God just took me from one. The year later, that I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. God put a calling on my life to be a pastor. And um, I was, it was just one of those moments where my parents will, will look back on those days and they'll just say that shift, we can mark that shift on the calendar because you went from kind of that introverted, stuttering, quiet little boy to all purpose-driven young man ready to take on the world. I was a different creature because Jesus just came in, taught me what healing is supposed to feel like, what healing could look like, and the fact that the only way to make it through life is not to blame God for the trauma, is to invite him in the middle of it and let him be with me. So, yeah, from there... I was heading off to Bible college. I left Detroit to go to Missouri of all places for Bible college and got a taste of the Bible belts and learned that I, I, I am called back to the North. I am a Midwestern boy right. and never realized that I would come back to my home church, youth pastor there for five years. I work with kids ministry. Then in Midland, Michigan, which is the middle of the mitten. And then 
and uh, God has just kind of been blazing a, just a specific path for us. And uh, we went through, we've gone through lots of stuff. Our first position, we went through a lot of uh, church abuse, uh, pastoral abuse. We went through some trauma. Um, boy, we went through some things that just almost knocked us out of ministry. And I'm telling you, if it wasn't for friendships and ministry, people that revolutionized our lives with their with community. Um, I mean, the enemy works in isolation. God works in community and community is what not just rescued us out of our hurt, but also rescued us into a path of healing and knowing what we wanted to be as pastors and actually how to pastor as well. And still to this day, that's something I preach really um, hard and true to young ministers is you've got to have community. And the only way to survive in the kingdom is you can't do it by yourself. You need community. You need friends and networks. And that's really what's helped save us and paved the way for us to be healthier. And so we've tried to return that to other people. Love it. So, so how many years have you been at K First? We've been here about fourteen and a half years. Uh, we came to a church that, in eleven years prior to us, so there were around thirteen hundred people when we got there. Eleven years later, it had gone down below two hundred, including kids. And so, eleven years of decline, uh, basically losing a hundred people per year. And so uh, we stepped in and we, we thought it was quite funny because we were 33 years old and people were like, hey, that was the age of Jesus. I'm like, yeah, when they killed him. They're like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And, and I'll admit those first couple of years felt a little bit like a crucifixion because we were working with re- revitalizing a church and working through their pain. Uh, we had people sit us down and say, we know you're not used to a crowd this big. And we laughed because we're like our youth group was like 250 students. This is less than that. We're. That we're we're used to something bigger. <laughs> we're just not used to the, the the opinions and opinions tied to tithe and all of those fun stuff that pastors have to deal with. So, yeah, fourteen and a half years has been kind of an amazing uh, trip of ups and downs. But that's what ministry is, right? Well, speaking of of ups and downs, let's start talking about your book. And before we get into speaking from the shadows. You published a book called Mosaic Marriage, which I referenced a little bit ago, and a book called Launchpoint, Taking Your Next Steps and Following Jesus. Great stuff. Why speaking from the shadows? How how was that birthed? It started on August 11th, 2014. It was, I remember sitting in my bedroom, and my phone gave me a notification, some news notification, and simply said, Robin Williams, actor, dead. And it just shocked me. I'm like, what happened to him? And I jumped on the, you know, the most accurate news source imaginable, sarcasm, uh, Twitter, just to (laughs) find out what happened. When did this happen? I mean, to me, I mean, the guy that brought so much laughter, you know, just so much joy, found out that he took his life, that he had gone through depression and I just felt like the spirit of the Lord gripped my heart. And I just, I literally just started weeping. You understand all of my stories include weeping, by the way, I cry a lot. And so I just remember just kind of weeping and my wife came into the room and she's like, what happened? And I said, Robert Williams died. And she says, you're, you're taking that hard. I said, no, it's not that, that I'm taking that hard. I said, I, I, she knew I've dealt with depression. I said, I, I have to be open about it. I can't let this happen in my community to let somebody take their life without somebody starting to starting to speak to that subject mm. because really in the church world um depression can be kind of a taboo subject we don't talk about it enough or we don't understand it enough and i'll be honest i've never met a pastor that i knew 
that dealt with depression. And so for years, I had years ago when I lived in Midland, Michigan, and I had not even told my parents about it. And so, but in that moment, I felt like the spirit of God gripped my heart and just said, it's time to blog. And so I wrote a blog called from the heart of a depressed pastor. And now normally my marriage blogs were getting about 300 hits, 400 if I wrote on sex, more like 700 hits because that's what people well, and that day, within 24 hours, all of a sudden, 800 hits later, something was ringing true. I started getting phone calls from people. And I'll be honest, throughout the next 24 hours, I was just shuddering in my heart because I knew if I was going to be open about this, I was putting some things at risk in my brain. Does my board want to keep me on as their pastor? Mm. And um, what about my congregation? Who's going to leave the church? Who wants a depressed pastor as their pastor? And so August 11, 2014, set me on a path to write about it. And as I blogged over the years, just on and off about it, it helped open up the door to other pastors who wanted to come to me secretly. It was almost like Nicodemus coming at the night because he didn't want anybody else to see. That became kind of the ethos with pastors. I need someone to talk to and you seem to be safe. And then in 2019, Something in me just said, it's time to bring this out of the shadows. And so I started penning out in a journal the word speaking from the shadows. And in that journal, I just started writing thoughts, feelings. I started just asking the question, what does it feel like to go through depression? Because what I wanted to do with the book was really two things. Number one, I wanted to help articulate what those of us deal with depression, when we're going through it, we have a hard time articulating what it feels like because someone will say, okay, what is it like when you, what, what are you feeling like right now? And when you're in that moment, you don't know what to say. Yeah. You really don't know what to say. And honestly, you don't know if they're going to understand. So you feel stuck. So I wanted a book to help articulate every feeling, every thought. And I wanted to connect biblical stories to it to help paint a picture like in, uh, I think about the lepers that always had to, had to be all these paces behind everybody who is healthy, that no matter where the healthy were at, you were always 40 paces behind. You're always 40 steps behind everybody. Hey, I see Jesus working miracles. So the lepers call from afar because they feel like they're 40 paces away from, from where God is working. And that's what depression is like. You feel like you're always 40 paces behind everybody. And then on top of that, I wanted to put this book together to help those who have never gone through depression to read it and think through, okay, this is what my coworker, this is what my spouse is dealing with. Now I know how to kind of be fully present with them in this moment. So it helps those that are going through it while helping to kind of pull the curtain back and to help individuals kind of see and understand their friends so they can actually be a better friend to them. Wow. Let me let me ask you something. You mentioned Jared. Yeah. You mentioned Jared Wilson, and mm-hmm. he came be, before I, I came, and um, he was a, a mutual friend that we both had. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on his his podcast, and then in, you mentioned 2019. He took his life in September of of 2019, and I don't know if you remember Jared yeah, Wilson. Yeah, and yeah. Um, did did that impact you? And how did that impact you? I know it did. In fact, my book's dedicated to him, to be okay. honest. Okay. My, my book yeah. is just called yeah. my, my friend Jared. And okay. wow. Jared was the one when, when he came 
first we had a conversation in a coffee shop in Kalamazoo and, and I talked to him about my depression and I was, I was nervous about medication. I think deep down I knew I needed something and he was the one that actually talked me into really considering just simply listening to my doctor. It sounds silly. Someone has to talk to you about listening to your doctor, but I've had to do that as a pastor. And he didn't push anything on me. He just said, you need to listen to your doctor, listen to your physician. You need to pray about it and take some steps forward. And that just became a catalyst. So I remember when I started transitioning into medication, I remember texting him about it. And then all of a sudden during UFC fight, I would find myself because we we wouldn't text all that often. It wasn't like we were close. But for some reason, during a UFC fight, Jared and I would just start texting each other about the fight itself. And so we found that connection. And then I remember just, I was rock climbing. That's what I do in my spare time. And I was rock climbing and with my son and one of his friends. And I just sat down to take a rest and I pulled up my phone and on Twitter, I kept seeing people say, Jared, I'm gonna miss you, Jared, I'm gonna miss you. And I and I just, I panicked and I knew what it was without even knowing. Yeah. And I started scrolling, I checked and my heart, I mean, just sank. I text my wife and we both wept over Jared, just yeah. wept. And so, again, it's another one of those moments of, of somebody that is was it's more than just Robin Williams, somebody I knew from afar. This is somebody that was a friend that was very influential in my journey through depression that uh, that I looked in this moment. And I just said, just I can't with with wind in my lungs and just a voice in my throat. I can't be quiet about this. And so this completely propelled me into something has to be done. And in the kingdom of God, I haven't seen a lot of books on depression, quite frankly. It seems that nobody talks about it. And the people I've heard talk about it, don't. I, I don't know how else to say this. They don't know what they're talking about because what I'm hearing is if you're if you're discouraged, that's de- basically depression. Pray more, just read the Bible more and just trust God. And I just wanna just, I wanna have a nice conversation and just simply say, please stop just throwing those simplistic approaches to it. Yeah, I remember a very well-known uh, pastor, a world-renowned pastor, uh, he tweeted out, if you read more scripture, you would find yourself being less depressed. And uh, I did respond back to him. I ended up deleting it because I felt very convicted about what I said back to him. That wasn't very pastoral. Right. Um, but we have, to, we have to be more regarding this topic. Right, right. You know, I... I I still remember where I was. I was sitting in Starbucks, and I had been in touch with him, and uh, he had released my episode. Um, we talked about Forty One Will Come, and um, and I had was getting closer to him. You know what I mean? And um, I just um, I had a friend reach out and say, "Hey, did you hear about Jared?" And I did exactly what I went straight to Twitter. I went straight to Twitter, and in my heart, I already knew. I just, I just knew, mm-hmm. like you did. Mm-hmm. And I went there, and, and just, I, the same thing. Oh, we're gonna miss you, Jared. I can't believe that. You know, um, I and I just, oh my gosh. You know, this is, this is real life. This is somebody that God was using. Yeah. This is somebody who was, yeah. who was vulnerable. Someone who was open about his own struggles and oh, depression, and and was helping people walk through it, including including you, yeah. right? Yeah, and then yeah. All of a sudden, he 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 was gone, um, and um, another minister, um, Danny Chambers, uh, that impacted me and through worship and some pastor of a big church. I'm like, you know, and then there, there's obviously been so many others. It's such an important. 
conversation that yeah. needs to be had, which is why I'm so glad you wrote the book, and I'm so glad you're willing to come on Revival Town today just just to talk about it, because I really believe there's some divine appointments of people listening right now that yeah that need this book and need this word of God from you. Well, it, yeah, go, go ahead. on. No, go ahead, David. I was going to say, it, it's a topic that, it, it's one of those things that, I think it ranks up there on sex. I love preaching on depression. Why? Because the church, I think, has been largely quiet about those t- those two things. But those two subjects in the church world have been largely, don't do it, just stay away from it, just pray about it. And then that's all that we ever say. We never get, like, wheels on the ground. Let's actually talk about this. Mm-hmm that not only make it safe to come to church and admit our vulnerabilities, but also become a safe place where we can actually work through the tensions of those things. I think so often in the kingdom of God, we can get so apt to wa- just we just want to go and rescue people out of it rather than I think of the woman thrown at the feet of Jesus and Jesus sort of the dirt. He actually sat down in the dirt with her. And having that place and those mechanisms in the church world, in the kingdom of God, where we can get into the dirt of depression and learn how to sit with people. I think of Jesus looking at his disciples saying, my soul is exceedingly sourful. Can you just not be with me? And he's just asking to be with me and wanting to build up all of those those mechanisms. I think that we've just got to do a better job in the kingdom of God overall. Yeah. Well, David, can you open uh, your book a little bit as far as um, obviously we know the the topic and, and what you're doing but can you really as you were studying researching looking at this whole thing can you just open it up a bit for those that are listening saying well what what's this book all about uh, and what's the meat of it could, could you take us on that that journey for us sure um like when I when I started writing the book, I really wanted to tackle it. Obviously, you're gonna have chapters, but I wanted every chapter to really give an opportunity of depression itself or things that can lead into depression. Uh, for example, I, I talk I start out talking about the trauma of the soul, the fact that that there's three parts of us, body, soul, and spirit, and the fact that there's fracture that can happen in on the inside. I, I talk about the church and the stigma. And the fact that, that many people, they can't be real in church. I mean, it's the classic thing. You see somebody, hey, how are you doing? Fine. And that's as, as deep as we get in church. Yeah. Instead of knowing that we can come to church, masks off, and actually get real about these things. I talk about how the soul can get stress fractured. Um, I could talk about the self-hatred of looking in the mirror and, and looking in the Think they're you the way that you are. I don't know if anybody's looked in the mirror and just despise what they see in the mirror. I talk about things like triggers. I talk about language that we utilize in, in depression. And uh, there's an acronym, acronym that we use on social media a lot that just simply says, if you, if you know, you know. So I've got a whole chapter and that's just simply called, if you know, you know. I talk about uh, crush depth and the fact that every single one of us has pressure points and not just pressure points, but a capacity for pressure that can trigger depression. Uh, depression. The way that we can cover up. I talk about naming and the fact that many times when we go out into the world that we just simply try to cover it up because 
we can't the world the real us and then my last chapter i get into just the practicalities of everything that i have done through the years to help navigate the shadows for myself and so to me it's all about taking every chapter where i can share some stories i share some of my own experience i, I want to bring people back to the scriptures because i want to show the relevant specific topic and there and i'm not saying that every example i use is an example of depression now you have the elijah's who called out fire from heaven and the next moment he gets one bad report he gets one bad comment on facebook then all of a sudden he wants god to take his life because of one negative moment and he's just done but you've got moments throughout scripture like Samson who just gets crumbled underneath the pressure and he loses out on being a champion because the pressure has killed them. And so I want people to see the relevancy of God's word in the moment for right now for what we are dealing with from the inside out and to connect those things together. And most importantly, to give people hope. That's the big deal. Wow, man, I love it. And I think more than ever right now, our, our generation needs hope. So many people are struggling i mean the the mental health of 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 americans i think is in in crisis mode with so many i i I mean in my lifetime i can't remember a time where so many people struggled especially young people you know teenagers and even young adults where they've they've grown up now comparing themselves to everybody else on social media and that's such a a a dangerous trap I, i love the fact that you're willing to give real practical steps. Obviously, you're going to give people the word, you're a pastor. You're going to give people spiritual advice, you're a pastor, but also practical steps. You know, there are some people, they do need medicine. I'm Mm -hmm. wearing glasses, right? You're wearing glasses. Andy, you're wearing glasses. God has given physicians the wisdom to help in the areas that we need help in. Underneath these headphones, I'm wearing hearing aids, right? Mm -hmm. Without the hearing aids, I would struggle. I've struggled with the hearing aids. But, you know, God uses people. He can use medicine. So yeah. we have to remove the stigma. So I'm glad you addressed the stigma. It's time to get rid of the stigma. People need help. Absolutely. And, and I love making it practical for people because, again, in the church, growing up in the church, I, I sometimes, sounds like sometimes like me too hard on the church, but I want to be able to admit where we have faulted and what we've missed in the church world in order to recognize what needs to be fixed. And so, again, knowing that we're body, soul and spirit, the fact that we've got these areas in our life that are all interconnected. Um, like I love uh, Pete Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and the idea that we can't be fully spiritually mature, but yet remain emotionally immature. Um, I love those type of topics because it realizes that what it happens in your physical body, uh, emotional and mental body affects your spiritual side. And so there's things that we can do to get healthier. So when you actually, I'm not saying when you get in shape, like when you get to a certain physique, but when you take care of your body, you're eating well, it affects your mental, your physical as well. I believe it, your spiritual side, um, just as much as when you have a good rhythm to your week, a good rhythm and pace to your life. You're not working yourself to death. That does affect you mentally. It does affect you physically, it affects you spiritually. And so that we just have to learn how to get a little bit more practical and, and learn to lean into things like medication or like a good solid schedule or calendar, things like a good work ethic, a good rest 
trust ethic, learning how to have fun and laugh, and at the same time, knowing how to quiet ourselves and pull ourselves away, not to isolate ourselves, but to pull back and to quiet ourselves and to have Sabbath. So we, we just have to learn to get more practical in the kingdom of God to help just put feet to the words that sometimes get so misunderstood. Oh, that's yeah. good. Man, really good stuff. So listeners, get Dave's book now. And usually we read the book before we interview our guests or we're familiar with it. But I, I just found out about the book. Um, and here you are. It just released yesterday. Wherever books are sold, you can go to Amazon and listen to some of these chapters. And I know you've already mentioned some of them, but I'm, I'm going to read these. The Trauma of the Soul, The Church and the Stigma, The Stress Factor of the Soul, Why Are You the Way You Are?, trigger happy right maybe if you pull out a gun from the police no um if you know you know crush depth i hate what i see the cover up and where do we go from here and to answer that question where do we go from here i would love for you dave to be willing to to pray for our listeners because we don't know what they're dealing with every one of us is in a different season different place and and it's a safe bet to guess there are some people right now that need Jesus to help them up. There are some people right now that are in a season of depression. They're weighed down by anxiety, and they're they're desperate for some type of breakthrough. So would you be willing to, to pray to speak to that today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, it's to you that we call upon in this moment, the same one that in the very beginning hovered over the chasm, hovered over the darkness, and you spoke the words, let there be light. And Lord, we believe that just does need this world to create life, light, perfection, and to give life in the midst of that, that you would do that even in this moment for anybody listening in the end at this time that is going through the darkness of depression that has gone past the place of despair and they're feeling this dark drought in this moment where they can't feel you near. I pray, Lord, that you would just meet them in this place. And Lord, I pray in Jesus name, let there be light. Let there be life. Let there be joy. Let there be peace. Let there be sound mind thinking. Let them be let there be understanding. A moment, God, in that place where their senses are trying to tell them that God is absent. But God, I pray that by faith, they will know truth and that truth of your presence, that truth that says, I will never leave you or forsake you, that that truth would trump their feeling and they will just place their faith and knowing that they, they may know, as a matter of fact, you are with them. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask for everybody listening that if they're going through the shadows, I pray that you would do exactly what Psalms 23 shows us, that when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't stand outside the valley. You're with us in the valley. Lord, for those people that are listening, that they know of individuals, loved ones, friends, co-workers, I ask that they would just have like a Caleb spirit about them that is just a different spirit, that they would do more than look and see what calamity and junk that's happening within the lives of their friends and go forward and learn how to be fully present, fully aware, to be Jesus with skin on in moments for people that just feel like God has abandoned them. Lord, I believe this, that you have not brought us this far just to bring us this far. 
And for every single one of us that deal with the shadows, God, I believe truly the best has yet to come as a might nor by power, but because of the spirit of God that is working within us. So, Lord, meet with us, help us, guide us, grow us, lead us. And, Lord, continue to feed hope into our lives, God, believing that you've got more in store for us. Lord, I speak that over lives and hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Well, Dave, thank you so much for uh, for praying into that. And, and we just uh, we want to make sure that people are connecting with you, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, this is, uh, you know, more of a conversation than just uh, a subject that you uh, talk about, right? This is something that you're wanting to obviously help people with, and the book is a part of that. Um, but how could people connect with you, social media, get the book, that type of thing? Yeah, um, social media, it's simple. I mean, Facebook, it's just David Berenger, but on like Twitter, Instagram, um, it's just PD Berenger. Think of Pastor Dave Berenger, just PD Berenger, PD B A R. Um, so yeah, social media is is there. I do have a podcast called Marriage Monday that you can find and listen to. And then on TikTok, I brought Marriage Monday to, to TikTok. So that has been a new adventure in my life. I don't know if that's Ooh, a good I didn't adventure, know that. but it's been a new adventure. Ooh. You're the TikTok king, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I want to go find you right now. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, mate. Yeah, TikTok, it was, uh, it was one of those moments where I was just getting into it and I did a TikTok on dating. And then all of a sudden, instead of like 200 hits, I had 110,000 hits. I had my 15 minutes of fame. I was so excited. And then I'm just back to 200 hits now. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, it's crazy. I've been on there a couple of years, really spent some time. I was doing scripture of the day and all those things. And I don't know if it's shadow banned or just what, but I mean, you've probably experienced this. If you, if you miss a couple of days, it's like starting over. Yeah. And, and it's like so, oh, yeah. like right right now, I'm back to just a, a few hundred views per one, and um, you'll get there. Don't worry, don't so, worry, yeah. don't don't cry about it. You'll get there. That is TikTok. What I meant? No, I'm wow. Gonna, no, seriously, no. Um, TikTok's a different animal. That's what I'm saying, right? It's, it, it really you know, is. It really it is. is. It's, 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 it's there's is nothing else like it. Completely different animal, right? Yeah. So, well, hey, it's time for the big three. The big three. Do you want to start, oh, Chuck, on this one? Yeah, bring it. Sure. All right. All right. Go on then. All right. So. Um, I see you wearing a Detroit Lions hat. We pre-record these, so Detroit knocked off Kansas City in the opener. I thought of you. I have a friend named Frank. He's down from St. Louis visiting. We were watching a game last night, and I said, hey, I have a friend named Dave right now. He's probably losing his mind, all right? So I, I know you want to comment on that. before. So, but, so that's not my question, but feel free to comment on that. But my question is, if you had to root, for another team, who would it oh. be? Oh, all right. Well, yeah. First of all, I'm from Detroit, so I uh, I'm from what I call the leper colony of sports. People <laughs> think they got it bad. Us Detroit Lions fans, we have been living in Canaan, uh, like the wrong <laughs> side of Canaan, for years. So, um, yeah, it's I love, man. I love the Lions. I love my Lions. If I had to pick a different team, it would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Oh, okay. And that's only because. My first card, my first football card ever was Mean Joe Green. My very first okay. football card. All right. And so there, so it was one of those things as a kid. It's my first card. I have to like this team. And so I've had a thing for the Steelers for, for years. All right. All right. Right on. All right. So you said you're a Midwest boy. You love the Midwest. 
What is it you love about the Midwest the most? This could be so offensive. I think we are the most normal part of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say that. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I would too. I, I would I've been too. to every state but Alaska, and I would say yes, I agree with that. Yeah, no, that's that's I, good. I've been all over the United States, and I I, I go to places I've appreciate the Midwest. I think things, I, I don't know if it's just level-headed or just the culture that I'm used to. I've got Southern friends that think I'm nuts. Um, I got people, friends, because Bible college, I got friends like on every continent but Antarctica. And so everyone claims their area is more normal. But uh, I don't know. I love the Midwest. I, I One thing that I wish we had was mountains because I crave the mountains. Yeah, right. same yeah. here. Same, yeah. Man, you're my people. All right, so my, my third question is um, – you're from Detroit, obviously, um, down the down the road from from Eminem, and so, who? What music do you listen to? Who do you listen to? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy! Eclectic. I will listen to anything but but the demonic country music. Goodness gracious! Oh. Country music. This I can't take life. that either. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I'm eclectic. Like if you go in my office, because I like collecting vinyl and just playing classic whatever um it depends on what the mode i'm in because i've got everything from into i love the band chicago from the 70s and 80s okay um man i love chicago um i love phil collins i get my my congregation makes fun of me for that one um but yet i love i love hip-hop um i love techno i love just basically anything and everything but country i cannot and my wife in the summer has to listen to country so that's when our marriage needs that's when our marriage needs to read our own book and our own podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's good well we just want to thank you for coming on to revival town today shining a light on a topic that you've you said so well uh, is in the shadows it's not talked about and uh, we're glad that that you are definitely talking about it and have written a book uh, all to do with this topic so thank you so much for being on revival town podcast today this has been an honor thank you thank you for having me yeah thanks so much dave well, there you go what a conversation yeah, boy it. i tell you i wish there was more conversations like that uh, for folks to really get involved in, um, a t- you know, I mentioned at the end a topic that is not talked too much about, right. and uh, and it's and when it is talked about, it's not deep; it's just there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. yes. And uh, so, thank thank you, David, for coming yeah, coming thanks, on and thanks. talking about that. Good good timing. Good stuff. Well, it is that time of the podcast where we test my mate Tate on a little bit of British slang words or words or rhyming cockney slang oh we got it got it so what we're gonna do <laughs> is we've only been doing it two and a half years yeah, yeah. sometimes I still don't get it yeah 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 cockney cockney hello <laughs> Hello, I'm a plunker. <laughs> so uh, today, um, let's just put it this way. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. You spend, we coming? You spend a lot of time on the on your. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say something else. Uh, okay, you ready? <laughs> he already asked me that. I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, you spend a lot of time on yeah. your Todd. I spent a lot, a lot of time <laughs> on your Todd. On your, I thought you said on toilet. Your, no, no. <laughs> I spent on, on your Todd. On your Todd? Yeah. Todd. On your Todd. On your Todd. You spent a lot of time on your Todd. Yeah. Well, I'm going to guess phone. No. Would you like another guess? Ooh, yes. I would like another. I, I was really confident. Yeah. I would have bet a lot of money. Yeah. That and was I was going to get that one right. You spent a lot of time. And you're Todd? Yeah. You Brits are weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You spent a lot of time on your Todd. Yeah. On your Todd. On um, your Todd. Um, I spent a lot of time on your Todd. Not phone. Um, spent a lot of time in your car? Nope. No, no, no. Okay, I think I've you... got you today. I think I've got you today. Oh, I think you do. I, I spent a lot of time on your Todd. Toilet? <laughs> okay. No. no? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I have no idea. On your own. I'm you spend a lot of time on your own. On your own? Yeah. I would have never got that. I know. You're always on your Todd. You're always on your own. Like, on your away own. on your own. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 On your Todd. I means on I, your own. I don't want to be. Like you're lonely. Like no one likes you. Okay. So Chuck's ah. always on his Todd. Well, I don't have any friends. <laughs> oh well, oh, man. there we go. So you got another word to use? Yeah, boy, yeah. We've, we've used some. Things. So I, I know again. I, I, I think you do better. I have a friend named Todd. So <laughs> I want to pray for him. Yeah, you need to. <laughs> he's all by himself. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Todd. When Todd's on his Todd, he's really on his Todd. Todd's on, when Todd's on his Todd, he's on his Todd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been created for community. Don't be a Todd. <laughs> no, don't be on your Todd. Don't be on your Todd. <laughs> We're not going to edit this. We're going to keep this in there. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, man. Well, thank you for listening to Revolver Get off the Todd. <laughs> Why do you say goodbye? Get, get a hat that says Todd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, paramedics, please, paramedics. Woo! Woo. Okay. All right. Yeah, this has been good. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening to Revival Town this week. We've had a good time. Hopefully, you yeah. have. Make sure you're letting people know about the social media that we have at Revival Town Podcast, and uh, make sure you're telling people about. Uh, this actual podcast that you're listening to. Yeah, we got, um, we we got, got some cool conversations coming. We've had some great conversations. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a, a nice, solid stretch here. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it in a few weeks. We're going to have Judd Wilhite on. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that. That's so gonna be keep listening. Pleasure. Yep. Well, thank you again. And we will uh, we'll be here next week. Yep. I, unless I'm on the Todd somewhere. <laughs> and you probably will be. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Oh,